Hey there everyone, Art Burns here. Hope you're all having a great day today. So today I wanna to talk to you for a few minutes here about one of the most important skills, one of the most valuable skills that we can possibly possess as human beings, okay? Now this is the most valuable skill in terms of whatever it is that you endeavor to do in your life, right? Whether you're a spouse, it's going to make you a more attentive and present and, and sort of contributive spouse. If you're a parent, it's going to make you more effective and more conscious as a parent. If you're working in an office, it's going to make you better at doing that. Literally in anything that you're doing in your life, one of the most important skills and the most valuable skills that you can apply to that which you do is the skill of emotional regulation, or you could say self-regulation, right? It's kind of the same thing, right? Um, because the idea, but in order to understand why this is so important and to get into the distinction between emotional rev, uh, regulation and self-regulation, is to understand what emotions do. And then there's another important thing I'm gonna tell you about in a few minutes that might blow your mind about a little scientific fact about the emotions that you feel in your body. It might blow your mind. It really blew mine when I first heard this and I can't wait to share it for you. But first, let's talk about what emotions are actually doing for us, right? What, what are our emotions there for, right? And it's a very simple answer to that question, right? Our emotions are there to motivate us, okay? Literally in everything that we do in our lives, right? And everything that's involuntary that we, or, or sort of voluntary that we do in our lives, right? So, so not including uh, blinking our eyes, beating of our heart, uh, the, the, the breathing mechanism that happens automatically, um, the growth, the, the cell division and all this kind of stuff. That stuff aside, <laughs> everything else that we do that is on a voluntary level, right? Everything that we need to motivate ourselves to do, we are motivated to do so by our emotions, right? In any case, every single case, you are either motivated towards what you want or what you love, and you are motivated away from what you don't want or what you fear. And there's no in-between. That is literally what our emotions are doing all the time with everything we do, right? Even something as, you know, sort of physical and, and sort of uh, almost feeling like a, like a physical function alone, like eating, right? Even eating is very much motivated by your emotions, right? And this is true of every mammal on earth, by the way, right? Like, cause you know, the thing is like, we get that pang of hunger, right? We get that feeling in our, our stomach, right? Which sends a, a signal to our brain that says, okay, you're hungry right now. It is our emotion that makes us get up off our chair or off the couch and go to the refrigerator and get something to eat, right? Why is that? Because our emotions want us to be happy, right? They, they, they feel that we need food, and so therefore they are going to push us to get something to eat because it's pushing us towards something we want. Or at the same time, it's pushing us away from something we don't want because we know that you know we'll feel less happy, we'll feel cranky, we'll feel tired and irritable if we don't eat something. So therefore, again, it is an emotional response to motivate ourselves to go and get something to eat, okay? So literally, this can be applied to everything you do that is on a voluntary basis right that you are motivated by your emotions either towards something you want or away from something that you fear 
And that's the, the big division of our emotions, right? Is on, on every side of the positive scale of emotions, right? And that's not to say good versus bad, but positive as opposed to negative, right? So an attractive as opposed to a repulsive, right? Like, like the poles of a magnet, right? Is what I mean by, by positive and negative, right? And so, so on every side of the positive scale of emotions, it can all be boiled down to love. Right, everything that is in the positive emotions, every happiness, um, excitement, uh, generosity, gratitude, um, you know, any positive emotion that you can name, you know, happiness, um, you know, uh, attraction, anything, right, can be boiled down to coming from love, right? Like love is the seed from which all of those emotions blossom, right? The same could be said about the negative division, right? And again, it's not negative to say bad, right? But it's negative to say in terms of it's pushing us away, right? And so every single negative emotion that we could possibly feel, um, sadness, regret, uh, jealousy, uh, anger, um, you know, anything that you can name, right, is all going to be rooted in the seed of fear. Right, and that's how it is, and, that, and and seeing it as simplified like that really does help to sort of you know kind of unveil some of the mystique around the emotional process because it's something that has such a power over us, right? Until we learn to regulate it, right? Because once we learn to regulate our emotions, right? Once we learn to see what's happening in our emotions, how our emotions are motivating us either towards something or away from something then we have the ability to now, you know, kind of, you know, take control over that process, right? Now, this leads me to this really cool scientific fact, okay, that, that you, seriously, it might really blow your mind right now <laughs> about what I'm gonna say about emotions themselves, right? The emotions in your body, on a physiological level, Right, so the amount of time that your emotion physically lasts in your body is 90 seconds. That's it, a minute and a half, that is it. Right, now this comes from uh, the person who I am, uh, you know, I thank for, for having read this in her work, is uh, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. She's a, a, a renowned uh, neuroanatomist, right, who actually, she has this great book called Stroke of, um, uh, st st stroke of insight, right? Uh, it's on my bookshelf. Um, you know, she actually, as a, as a neuroanatomist, somebody who knows exactly how the brain and the nervous system is working, right? She was in the shower one morning, getting ready for work, and she had a stroke, right? And so she watched her own stroke in real time from the standpoint of somebody who knows exactly what's happening. Like she knew exactly the part of her brain that was being uh, affected. She has this great book, but you can also watch she has a, a tremendous TED talk about this, where she actually holds a human brain on the stage of this TED talk. It's pretty amazing. So um, Jill Bolte-Taylor, B-O-L-T-E-T-A-Y-L-E-R, uh, O-R rather, sorry. Uh, go check that out. It's really phenomenal. But anyway, it's not in that talk, but other, in another place she tells us that our emotions, and she's not the only scientist who says this, but this is a very known fact at this point, that our emotions only last on their own for 90 seconds, right? 
<laughs> which is like ridiculous, right? Because when we feel like, like, you know, you might feel the emotion of sadness, for instance, right? You might feel that for an entire day. You might feel it for several days. You might feel it for weeks and even months, right? The reason why you feel that for so long, and don't get me started on anger, right? Anger we can feel for forever, right? I mean, like when we get angry about something, sometimes it takes us so long to release that anger and sort of get over it, right? Well, the reason why you have that sort of lengthy process by which this emotion seems to, to just kind of be there for, you know, over and over and over again, right? Is because that's the key, it's over and over and over again, right? It's not just this one emotion that's just there for all this time. It's actually because we are feeding that emotion with our thoughts. We are feeding it with our concerns, with our worries, with our, our you know, clinging, our aversion, our delusion. We're feeding it with all of these, you know, these actions that are voluntary, right? And so, and so that's why it's really important to understand this when we're talking about regulating ourselves in the face of our emotions, because that's the thing, right? Like, let's say you're driving down the road, right? And it's raining. Right? You see that the road in front of you is wet. Maybe it's even like snowing. This is the time of year where it's kind of get that wintry mix, right? That can be especially slippery, right? And so you see this happening, right? You see the, the sort of rain slash snow falling from the sky. You're, you got your windshield wipers going. You can hear the, the, the sound of the, of the water on the road. And you can, you know, you know that that road, you know cognitively that that road is going to be a little more slippery. So what do you do, right? The first thing that we do as a driver is we regulate our speed right? We, we take off the gas a little bit, right? We slow up just a little bit. We don't drive the same way we would on a bright sunny day, right? We, we regulate our behavior, right? Because we know that the chances of, of getting into a, a, a loss of control in this kind of condition is much higher than it would be on a bright sunny day, right? With no moisture on the, on the ground, right? So, so therefore we're regulating ourselves, right? So the same thing is true for our emotions, right? That when we're feeling a strong emotion of anger, or we're feeling a strong emotion of, of, you know, just unhappiness, sadness, whatever you want to call it, right? Or if we're feeling a strong emotion of, of passion and of, of, of excitement, right? we can maintain control and regulate ourselves so that we don't take action based on those emotions, right? We can see that we have this slippery road in our emotions, right? Like, and, and again, it can apply as much to the, the happy emotions as it can to the, the negative emotions, right? The positive versus the negative, right? Because when we're really happy, right, we're likely to do something like, you know, like blow a bunch of money that we shouldn't blow, or we're likely to, you know, do something or say something or, you know, promise somebody something or something like that, that we shouldn't do, right? And so, and so when we can regulate our behavior, right, when we can regulate ourselves in the face of the emotion, that's when we can stay clear of those things that are going to, those decisions and those actions that we might take, which are going to have consequences.
right? And why is that so important? That's important because those consequences are going to cause more emotions, right? And so, so when we feel out of control and when we make decisions which are not within our control and we face those further consequences of the decisions that we've made, either based on a positive emotion or a negative emotion, what happens then is that we engage in the, the fear Right, and again, that's an emotion, right? And fear creeps in, and then as soon as we start feeling fear, that's when the stress response in our body happens, okay? And once the stress response happens, all bets are kind of off, right? Now, we're not thinking the way that we should be thinking, we're not really present with what we should be doing, we're not, uh, or with, with whatever we are doing, I should say, we're not present with the people we're with, we're not really hearing people, we're not really speaking to people, we're, if at best, we're giving the whole world around us like half of our attention, right? Because most of our attention and, and most of our functioning of our brain and our body are, are directed to surviving whatever it is that we're feeling afraid of, right? That's what the stress response is, right? So it could be said, therefore, that the stress response is the lack of self-regulation uh, uh, self, self in the face of big emotions, right? Now, it's not the only way that stress can happen, Right, but that is one way that stress can happen, and in fact, it's the most common way for us as people in the modern world. Right, because remember, the stress response is there to help you survive something that is a dangerous situation. Right, and so you know the likes of which would be a wild animal attacking you, or a snake about to bite you, or uh, the the roof caving in over us. Right, or or you know some modern and and uh, and appropriate act applications would be, you know, a, a pending car accident or, or a, you know, slipping on, a, on, on the ice as you're walking across the, the sidewalk, right? There's lots of ways in which, you know, um, you know, anytime rather that we, we get this sense of fear, right? That's when we're going to get into the stress response. Right. And so, so again, you know, sorry, I got sidetracked there for a second. Um, there are some, sort of um, sources of stress, right? Like, so if you're walking through, a, a, you know, down a, a hiking trail and you hear the snap of a, of a twig off in the, in the woods, the stress response is what makes you stop very quickly and, and really, I mean, your, your eyes dilate, your, your hearing, your, your, the, the hairs on, on your body stand up to detect any vibration. Like, you go into this place where you're, now the only thing you wanna know is what caused that twig to snap because it could be a mountain lion or a bear or something that could really hurt you very badly, right? But the thing is that most of us experience stress when we're sitting at our desks. Right? Or we're driving in our cars, or we're, you know, washing dishes, or we're, you know, sitting trying to watch television or something, right? That's when most of us experience stress, right? And the reason why we experience that stress is because we're not regulating the emotion of fear. Right. And, and what we're doing then is we're we're thinking that, OK, you know, this this thing that's happening next week at work. Right. And I talk about this a lot and I apologize for any of you who feel like I'm repeating myself, but this is really important. Right. 
when you're thinking about something that's going to happen at work next week, right? <clears throat> you're, you're, you know, your, your, your brain, your physical brain does not know the difference between you thinking of this potential problem at work next week and something actually happening right now that is a problem, that is causing us danger, right? So by, by allowing ourselves to dwell on these potential and these possibilities and these impending, you know, problems that we all have in our lives. And there's no shortage of these things, right? There's always something to be worried about at work next week. There's always something to feel, you know, sort of ruminating about that that's happened earlier today, right? That's always going to be there, right? And as we engage in that, you know, forethought or afterthought, what happens is then we we you know the 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 fear emotion starts to to percolate within us right and once it becomes something that's fear that's when the body feels that it's under some sort of attack and it goes into the stress response right and now again when you're in the stress response you are primed for survival right and you cannot be primed to survive and be primed to thrive at the same time right so your creative thinking your your uh your ability to really be present with what's going on in your life at this moment those things are gone when you're in that stress response right and so so that's just one area in which the the um the the regulation of ourselves and our emotions are so vitally important but even before it gets to the point of a full-blown stress response right we can also think of and this is something that leads to the stress response too but we can also think of it in terms of being present right now this is something else science wise right there is so much science behind the fact that when people are present they are happy people are not present because they're happy people are happy because they are present right so when you are are allowing you know when you allow yourself to be with those people who you love or even just being with yourself right like reading a book and really being present with reading that book right you are cultivating happiness for yourself and in cultivating happiness for yourself you are you know you you are feeding that part of you that is the creative that is the dynamic wonderful human being that you are with all these amazing resources right so you're either feeding that or you're feeding the opposite of that, right? And when you're caught up in an emotion, right? And even again, whether it's positive or negative, but unregulated emotions, right? And yes, there are more likely going to be negative uh, uh, emotions and that has to do with the way that our brains are, are wired for survival here's another little bit of, of brain science for you right that um, that we are we're all wired with this thing called the negativity bias right where we we notice the negative aspects of our lives and our experiences more than we notice the positive aspects of our lives because the negative aspects of our lives are the things that might cause us harm and at the end of the day, that's all your brain is worried about, is making sure that you're alive at the end of the day. And it knows that by, by focusing on the negative all these years of your life, you have stayed alive this way. So when we do have uh, unregulated emotions, almost always we're going to be talking about 
the negative side of those emotions, right? The, the negative side of that divide into the, you know, not again, not bad, right? Because anger is useful. Fear is useful. Um, jealousy can be useful. All of these emotions can be very, very useful for us. So there's no sense in saying that something is bad, right? It's not about avoiding it. But what it is is about regulating it. And in order to regulate something, just like I mentioned with uh, you know driving your car, the first thing you have to do is understand it, right? Like you understand when you see you know snowy rain falling in front of you, and you see the, the the wet you know stuff coming off the tires of the trucks that are driving by, and you hear those sounds. You have this instinctive understanding that this is a, a situation that is more dangerous than usual, right? There's more chance of something going wrong here. Right? So with that understanding, now you take a, a step of, of you know, slowing down a little bit, making sure you're really paying attention, making sure both hands are on the wheel. Like that's not the time where you're gonna you know, turn around and, and try to you know, get something out of your bag right in the back seat. Right? You're, you're going to be more attentive to what's happening because you know, you understand, you have an awareness of the danger that is happening around you, right? And so the same thing goes for our emotional regulation, right? Like when you feel, when you have an awareness that, that there's something brewing inside of you, right? You now have the ability to take actions to regulate that emotion so that it's not something that just lingers. Because as I said before, presence, right? If you are dealing with an unregulated emotion, Right again, most of the time it's going to be negative, but it doesn't even necessarily have to be a negative emotion. But if you are dealing with an unregulated emotion, right, that means that you cannot possibly devote a hundred percent of your attention to anything because part of your attention is going to be devoted to that emotion, right? Because remember, your emotion is there to push you in one direction or another. Right. And so so you're going to be sort of consumed by that in your attention. So therefore, when your your son or your daughter comes up to you and, and wants to have a conversation about Pokemon or something like that, you are not able to be 100 percent engaged and 100 percent present in that in that conversation. Right. And then what happens is because you're going to feel that distraction. Right? You're going to feel like, like, and again, I talk about consequences, right? So, so let's say you're, you're struggling with this unregulated emotion, right? Something happened at work earlier and you're feeling very sort of agitated about it, right? And you're feeling maybe a little anger and maybe a little, you know, definitely fear, definitely some jealousy, whatever it is, right? You're feeling all this stuff, right? And then your son comes trotting in and says, says Dad, Mom, look at me. I, I just got this new Pokemon card out of this pack. Look at it. Isn't it awesome? Right, and you turn to your son and you say, "Well, you know, yeah, that's great, cool." And then you go back into your sort of world, right? Well, a few minutes later, you're likely to realize that, gosh, that was a moment that my son needed me to be present with him, and I wasn't. So now there's a consequence to that, right? Now you have this feeling of guilt that's on top of what happened. Now, of course, that's a very basic example, but I think you might understand what I'm saying here is that, that when we are in that, that working out of the emotions that we're feeling, right? Unregulated emotions, 
then when life happens, we are not 100% there for life as it's happening. And therefore, you know, again, negative consequences are likely to evolve from that, right? Which then causes more fear, which then causes, that's right, stress. And, and the more stress we feel in our lives, the more we're training ourselves, we're feeding that part of ourselves. Right, and so therefore we're taking ourselves away from our happiness, our our ability to be successful in whatever we're doing. Which is why I say that emotional regulation is the most important and valuable skill for your success. Okay, so let's talk for a few minutes about how we do this. Right now, you know, the bottom line is. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of little things that we can do to sort of, you know, manage our emotions in the present moment when they're big emotions, right? So that we can start to have a, a regulation of them, you know, in the real, in the present moment, right? But really, the key here is, just like I said before with the traffic, right, the, the rainy uh, road conditions, right, it all becomes about awareness, right? It's really, really important to, 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 to be able to, to see the emotions clearly, right and there's no way around that the the only way to get to that point of, of self-awareness is through practice right a practice of being aware of what's happening inside of us right and it's a daily practice doesn't take more than five or ten minutes a day but it is a daily thing you got to commit to doing it and the more you do that the more you gain this insight into yourself right and so if you want to know about how to do that please get a hold of me right send me a message let's talk about this because it's super simple and with the right guidance and the right support you can do it it's so simple and it's really easy okay but it does require some commitment okay so but let's talk about big emotions right so the first thing to remind yourself when you're having a big emotion is what I said earlier, that emotions on their own only last for 90 seconds. So what I mean by that is find something to just pay attention to for 90 seconds, right? Now that can be paying attention to your breath, right? Just really just focusing your mind on the, the in-breath and the out-breath. You could also just close your eyes and just pay attention to anything you can see. And I'm talking about literally set a, a, a timer to go off in 90 seconds on your phone or maybe make it two minutes, right? But then then close your eyes until that timer goes off and, and focus your attention on something, right? Something that is not the thoughts that are going through your mind, right? Now, this is where practice comes in very handy as well, right? The more often you do this, the better you get at it, the more strong you get at it. It's just like lifting weights in a gym, right? If I do this with 20 pounds in my hand, you know, 20 times, this muscle right here gets bigger, right? The same thing is that every time you find your mind wandering off to the thoughts that are causing you this emotion, you know, you can, you know, bring those, that attention away from the thoughts and back into either your breathing, uh, sensation of what you hear, what you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you're touching, anything like that. Every time you do that, you, you build a little bit more strength of your brain and your, your, the ability to focus, right? So that's, that's the first 
practice that I can give you, right? Just pay attention to what is happening right now because again, most of your emotions are going to be based on, you know, either something that you're afraid of or something that you love. Generally speaking, the love emotions do not cause problems. So most of the time when you feel like emotions need to be regulated, it's going to be based in the fear. And fear is always something that is tied to the outcome right that's what fear is you're not afraid of of you know the, the reason why you're afraid of something happening right now is because what the result of this thing happening right now is going to be right i mentioned before about uh walking on an icy path right we're not afraid of the ice right or, or driving your car in the rainy conditions we're not afraid of the rain we're afraid of what happens if I don't drive carefully and I get into an accident. And we're not even really afraid of the accident per se. We're afraid of the damage to our car. We're afraid of the potential damage to our bodies. We're afraid of the money that's involved. We're afraid of the, the inconvenience that's involved, right? Like if somebody told you that you could have this, this amazing car crash and you would not get hurt and it won't cost you a dime, most people will be like, yeah, I want to experience that then. That sounds really cool. If I can be guaranteed that I won't get hurt, right? But of course you can't guarantee that. And that's why we feel fear because we're worried about the outcome, right? So therefore, the best thing to, to do to, to release yourself from thinking about that outcome is to paying attention to what is happening right now. All right. Now, the next tip that I have for you real quick here, because uh, we're getting long in the time here. Um, the next tip I have for you is to simply name your emotions, right? Whenever we're feeling big emotions, right? We're feeling very overwhelmed by our emotions in whatever capacity those emotions are, right? Anger, uh, you know, uh, jealousy, fear, rage, um, you know, uh, whatever, right? Sadness, depression, anxiety, any of those, right? When we're feeling an overwhelming you know, emotional response, what's happening in that moment is that all of the uh, chemical electrical energy in your brain is all on the right side of your brain, right? Which is where your emotions are. You know, that's the half of your, of your, um, your uh, brain that, that is responsible for, for dealing with emotions, right? Or feeling emotions, right? So what you want to do is you want to regulate that. Like, let's say right now your brain is, this side is completely active and this side is pretty dark and, and inactive, right? You want to bring these things into alignment, right? Because that is going to release that sense of overwhelm, right? It's going to, it's, you know, restore a sense of balance, right? And so the way to do that Right? When, you're, when you're right side of your brain, when we say that the right side of your brain is just about the emotions, it's just about the feeling of things, things you can't really put into words, just feelings, right? Well, as much as that is true for your right side of your brain, in the left side of your brain, it's all about logic. It's all about language. It's all about linear thinking. It's all about labeling. It's all about listing. It's all about using words that only begin with L to, to, to describe this to you, right? So what happens is if you use lists, linear thought, labeling, if you use those things, to describe and to understand your emotions, then what you're doing is you're drawing that energy into the left part of your brain. So very simply, what I would suggest to you to do is to simply name the emotions that you're feeling, right? But really try to dig in deep, right? Because it's not just one emotion. That, that, that's usually what we have is this sense like I'm just sad, 
right? But no, it's not just sadness. There's underneath that sadness, there's a lot of other emotions, right? And again, they only last for 90 seconds at a time. So it's, it's constantly changing as well, right? So, so really look in and see what are you feeling? Are you feeling some fear? Are you feeling some jealousy? Are you feeling some, uh, you know, worry or anxiety or, you know, underneath that what you're calling sadness, right? And the more you're able to devote your, your brain's energy to, to naming those emotions, the more you're gonna pull that energy into the left side of your brain, reduce it from the right side of your brain and feel less overwhelmed by the emotions. All right, if you have any questions about this, or if you want to know more about these practices, and if you need help instituting these practices in your life, then just get in touch with me, okay? Send me a message, uh, drop a comment below, uh, go to my website, artburnscoaching.com. I've actually been tidying it up a little bit, so there's actually some interesting stuff on there now, so go check it out. You can get in touch with me over there, all right? And I would love to hear from you. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. I wish you well, and I'll be back again tomorrow to talk about some more brain science. Tomorrow we're gonna to get into uh, the default mode network, and I'm really excited about that. That's by request from one of, uh, one of our listeners here. So uh, I'll be back again tomorrow with that, and until then, I wish you well, everybody. Have a great day. Take care.